Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Liar. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle butt. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Football is back, and we're proud to have you on board listening to us for the season. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. Joined today by our producer, Alex Uplinger, joining us to give out some NFL picks. You can find him managing our podcast Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. Alex, good to have you on board for once. How are you doing? Greg, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's nice to join for once. Absolutely. No, it's definitely good to have you uh, on this side of the microphone instead. And uh, I know that you're, you know, a big uh, wings guy. Is there any uh, any plans for this Sunday as far as like a favorite wing of choice that you're going to be ordering for the first NFL Sunday? That's a great question. I think I'm going to just go with some buffalo chicken dip made from home. Keep it a little sure. simple. Sure. Uh, so obviously, I think we, you have any other any any other Sunday football traditions things that you have to do that you're looking forward to doing again for the uh, first time. That's a great question. I I love waiting until twelve fifty five to lock in about five more bets I shouldn't, and also <laughs> a lot of Miller lights. Okay, always Miller. A Sunday. Not a bad call. Uh, fantasy drafts, all of those in order. Yeah, I'm all set too. 
Only two this year. And Only two. Uh, okay. a survivor pool. And, yep, good to go on all. And we're ready to go as well. We're going to take you through the rotation as we record here on a Wednesday night. You're listening to this, though, on a Friday. So one game already in the books. That's the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to go through every other game on the NFL slate. Uh, from top to bottom, and give our official picks. So let's jump right in. We're going to go in rotation order. So we have 4-5-3, the Miami Dolphins, visiting 4-5-4, the New England Patriots, for a 1 o'clock Eastern kickoff. Miami is a 6.5-point underdog in this game, total of 42, over at our partners bet online, our sponsors, I should say. Uh, and Alex, when we look at this game, obviously the big question is going to be the debut of Cam Newton with the New England Patriots. And uh, we both kind of talked about before we hopped on here, just some nuggets and stats that we wanted to uh, toss out there. I read a good article on Odd Shark that kind of gave some good uh, stats, just both for week one and for season long. And one of those was New England 39-19 and against the spread in its last 58 home games. So obviously they have been money in the bank at Gillette Stadium. We all know about the change at quarterback, as I mentioned, Cam Newton in, Tom Brady out. Uh, I don't really have anything really that I'm looking at here. If I had to play the game, I would probably lay the points, but just too much unknown with Cam and what he's going to do and, and how the New England offense is going to look, right? I mean, they have all these running backs uh, that they brought in uh, or young guys that they've drafted in the last couple of years. So are they going to take a more run-heavy approach or are they going to let Cam air it out? even though the weapons, obviously, there's a lot of question marks there. They just cut Muhammad Sanu. So the New England offense is just too many question marks for me to lay close to a touchdown with. Uh, but I would lean that way primarily because we do have a little bit of a revenge angle uh, for the Patriots from last year. Of course, we remember the uh, Dolphins going into Gillette Stadium and beating the Patriots to knock the Patriots down out of that first round by ultimately the three seed last year. But very slightly, and I'm probably I'm going to be passing this game. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to also pass. I lean actually the Dolphins here. I like what they've added on defense. I like Flores as a defensive mind. I just can't go against Bill Belichick, especially week one. I just don't know how much time they've had to really prepare and install an offense around Cam. I just can't go against Belichick. I've been burned entirely too many times doing that. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's the thing. I think, as I said, 39-19 and 19 against the spread last 58 home games is pretty impressive. So um, I, I'm curious to see how New England plays itself out this year, but I think with a lot of these teams that, and we're going to talk about this throughout the pod, when the teams that have had changes at quarterback are going to be difficult buys in the first week of the season. So a pass for me as well in the first game, Miami visiting New England. Second game of the rotation is the Cleveland Browns uh, heading to Baltimore to take on their division rival, the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are eight-point chalk here, a total of 48. Uh, and the Browns are another team that had a head coaching change, uh, and I almost said quarterback change. Baker Mayfield's still there, but uh, Kevin Stefanski is in as the head coach coming over from Minnesota as the offensive coordinator. And we all know Baltimore was one of the best teams in the National Football League last year and ultimately uh, choked that divisional round game up against Tennessee. Obviously a big number to lay here in a division game. Uh, I don't really have anything on the side nor the total. Uh, I, I would probably lean over just because of the playmakers that both of these offenses have, but 
uh, really not a whole lot here for me on this one either, Alex. Yeah, I don't have much either. The only thing that came to mind was uh, Lamar Jackson just sitting all off season thinking about that playoff game. I, I think they're going to come out come out hot, maybe similar to how they came out week one last year and just demolished Miami, maybe something similar. But also I think the Browns have drastically improved and they actually have a competent coach, so I think that could go a long way. Uh, I'm going to pass on this, but I would probably lean Baltimore if I had to. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely the thing with, with Cleveland. Miles Garrett gets the big contract in the offseason, and um, in, in some ways I think they're kind of an, for season long, maybe an interesting post type sleeper. I did not take their win total, but uh, I wouldn't fault anybody for uh, kind of, as you said, finally with a competent coach. Now there's a little more pressure off where the Steelers get Ben back, and we know what the Ravens did, so maybe people go back to thinking, oh, it's the Browns again, and, and they're going to be back at least third in this division, and, and maybe this would be the year with less hype and less, less attention on them that their guys could deliver. And, and, I mean, it's certainly a big year for Baker Mayfield. You look at that 2018 quarterback class, we've already seen Josh Rosen uh, move on to multiple teams. And Lamar Jackson, you talked about him. He's been the star. But everybody picked ahead of him, really, to some degree, has all had different things to prove and to still prove, I should say. And that, of course, includes Baker Mayfield. From one 2018, or from a pair, I should say, of 2018 draftees to quarterbacks to two more in the AFC East. We're going to the third game on the rotation, and it is the New York Jets and Sam Darnold traveling west to take on the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Buffalo laying close to a touchdown in this one, six and a half, total of 39 and a half over at Bet Online. Uh, and Alex, obviously a lot of hype for Buffalo this year, and a lot of people think this could be the year that Buffalo supplants New England in the AFC East. Uh, are you in that camp, and then how do you see this game playing out? I actually am, Greg. This is one of my favorite win totals, and also I bet them, I think it was plus 120 to win the East. I really like Buffalo this year. I think Josh Allen can be very serviceable. I love the addition of Diggs. I think that's one of the few pieces they were missing was a true, true deep threat. I love what John Brown did last year. Um, for this game, I'm – And we certainly all to, knew about the defense. Yeah, of course, and just stronger. I think I'm going to pass. I don't like the number with Buffalo, even though I do think they're going to have a very strong year. I think they win the game. I ultimately think this is one – that no fans will really have a drastic impact. The Bills Mafia really brings it, especially for, sure. for a home opener like this. Yeah, and, you know, I want to talk a little bit, while you're right, that uh, the fan base in Buffalo, you would think, given the circumstances, like we said, where this could finally be the year that they overtake the Patriots in the AFC East, this could, that's a good point with those fans not being there. Uh, you know, it, it could factor in enough to where you wouldn't want to lay close to a touchdown with the Bills. But then I do want to talk a little bit about the Jets, too. They're a team that I just can't see myself getting on or fading much the first month of the season because I think there's such a wide range of outcomes. This could be a team that's in the running for the number one pick in the NFL draft. They could be that bad. But at the same time, second year for Adam Gase, uh, maybe things all come together for them a little bit more. They retooled the offensive line, and maybe the Jets – uh, if everything hits its ceiling, are are an eight to ten win team and in the mix for one of those extra wild cards. Just how do you see the Jets this year? Yeah, I completely agree. I 
I can't get a read on them at all. The Jamal Adams deal really makes right. me weary. But I do actually – I like Darnold, and I think he could improve under Gase. I think Gase is a good offensive mind despite how weird he might be. <laughs> I just I just can't I just can't get behind them for an individual game. But I could see them doing decently. Sticking in the 1 o'clock Eastern window, we're going to go down to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we have the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right. The Vegas Raiders traveling east. They are three-point chalk against the Carolina Panthers. Total of 30, I'm sorry, 47 and a half in this game. And Alex, I know it's something that we talked a good deal about before we hopped on here. The new coaching staff for Carolina, Matt Rule comes in, Joe Brady, the innovative offensive mind from LSU, joining him as his offensive coordinator. So maybe some things to be excited about long-term for Carolina, but I certainly don't think it's going to happen this year. This was one of my favorite under-win totals, and you like the Raiders' side here in Week 1. Yeah, I do. I I love the, the Matt Rule hire. I know I know you do as well as a Temple guy. There you go. Um, I just I can't back Carolina. I I do like the Raiders. I I'm more so fading the new coach and new quarterback angle. I just can't right. envision how they're going to install an entire new offense within you know a couple months without OTAs and all these other sort of camps. I will say I, I I'm sure as a degenerate you know the stats about Teddy Bridgewater against the spread. <laughs> I do know he. He completely burned me last year. Was it uh, New Orleans at Seattle? I loved the Seahawks yes, there. It, yeah, completely burned the me. week before uh, Dallas was a very public side in the Superdome against New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Bridgewater does just seem to compete and always hang in there and cover and win games too. I, I just I don't like the installing a whole new offense during these times. Um, I'm gonna just. I'm going to go with the the run game, Josh Jacobs heavy, and hopefully Derek Carr doesn't make too many mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I do lean to Oakland. I'm sorry, I did it there. I thought I would get away with it. (laughs) I do lean to Vegas. Um, Ultimately, I can't play it, and I might sound like a broken record because I feel like this is something that I just – it always weirds me out, and a lot of my friends think I'm stupid for going back to the well with this. But it's the 10, it's the uh, 10 a.m. Pacific start time for these West Coast teams. Uh, and in that uh, Odd Shark article that I mentioned that I was looking at for some prep work, the Raiders, they included this, are 6-24 straight up in their last 30 games with a 1 o'clock Eastern start time. Um, and so I'm just curious. Obviously, that's something that people in the gambling community are well aware of. And I think to some degree gets built into numbers because you hear about these teams that, you know, and I know the Raiders week two game is a Monday night game. They open the new stadium in Vegas against the Saints, but sometimes they have the back-to-back games on the East coast and they'll just stay out East for the whole week. Like how do you like consider that when you're handicapping? Like I know you like the Raiders here, but um, is that like a factor? Have you moved on from that? Because it's obviously something that a lot of people know about now. Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of moved past that, but I definitely do consider it. I'm I'm more so concerned about the COVID protocols with travel. I think, and then the hotel stays. I don't know how that's going to affect. I also don't know when they're traveling out. I know I read recently that Seattle hadn't even figured out their travel plan, so I don't know if teams are going to come in like right away, just that Saturday night or that Friday night, and just get right to it not do walkthroughs and such. So I'm not really positive on the travel. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and, and that'll be something to certainly keep an eye on. As I said, I lean with the Raiders for the same reasons you do. New quarterback, brand new coaching staff there in Carolina. Um, and, and, you know, maybe some legit expectations here for the Raiders this year. I, I saw Peter King had them in the playoffs this year. Uh, that AFC West after the Chiefs, I think, could go in a lot of different directions. So uh, we'll see what the Raiders do in their first year there in Sin City. Let's move on and go with another West Coast team traveling east. And you mentioned them, the Seattle Seahawks, um, number 461 in the rotation, heading to Hotlanta to take on the Falcons. Seattle is a two-point road favorite, a total of 48.5. I'll start here. Again, passing here, I'm, uh, I swear I do have some picks. They're coming. But um, the uh, Seahawks have, uh, I think we saw this a lot uh, in the offseason. If you paid enough close attention to just NFL Twitter and, and narratives on NFL Live or whatever, there's obviously been a, a lot of momentum to just let let Russell Wilson air it out a little bit more uh, and, and because they've obviously been a very, very run-heavy team, really, in all of Russell Wilson's career, not only with him running, but obviously we know about Marshawn Lynch, and now Chris Carson has really been a feature back for them. They just brought in Carlos Hyde. Uh, so the point I'm making is in the offseason, it seems like there's been a lot of more momentum, and it sounds like Russell Wilson wants to air it out a little bit more, which you would think would be a good thing for a Seattle team that you know has a guy as good as Russ, where he's an MVP candidate seemingly every year. Uh, so all of that, and I actually have a futures on Seattle to win the division. I'm going right back to that well. Uh, I was so close to hitting that last year on the inch line in the Sunday night game uh, against San Francisco. Uh, so the fact that, like, Russell Wilson, like, Seattle offensively, I just think their game plans could be a little bit different. Uh, that's one reason why I, I just kind of want to see first on them. And then Atlanta, I, I mentioned the Jets uh, being kind of a wide range of outcomes team. I, I, I feel that way about Atlanta and uh, granted I've been suckered on Atlanta plenty of times before, but, um, I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. Like they have a very talented offense with a lot of weapons. Dan Quinn is, is still there. And, um, you know, I know that the Super Bowl is quite a few miles in the rear view mirror now, but having said that, I do think that they are an interesting sleeper in the NFC South. We'll get to New Orleans and Tampa in a little bit. But at the same time, you know, this could be like a tale of two different Atlanta teams like it was last year, right, where they start so bad and everybody's like, oh, Dan Quinn, like for sure going to get fired. Uh, and then he ends up now, like they survive and they put a, you know, recharge their season towards the end and he's still there. So I just don't know how to read Atlanta yet, and so it's just going to be a pass. Yeah, I'm I'm also going to pass on this game. I actually sprinkled a little on both these teams for Super Bowl favorite for futures, just, uh, just based on the numbers, but I think this matchup, I think this line is pretty spot on. Um, Seattle strength, I think, is in their secondary, especially now with uh, Jamal Adams, and then obviously Falcons' strength is their passing game. I just think this is too close. I've been burned so many times by the Falcons thinking this is their time, this is their year, right. and it, it really never is. It, yeah, I just I can't you, touch now, this now, one. Are you uh, get, reaping the benefits of that at least in their Super Bowl season or no? Um, a little, but then I also was hammering them in the Super Bowl and then hammering them live, and just it's it's just burned me so many times. I, sure. I'm trying to stay away from the Falcons this year. I'm sure I'll be back to the well, of course. 
So let's keep moving and go to another 1 o'clock Eastern start in the nation's capital. It is the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Washington football team. The Eagles are a six-point favorite in this game, total of 42 at Bet Online, And I'll just start. Uh, this is another pass for me. I, def- I would lean Washington, though. Uh, I am an Eagles fan, and one thing that I harp about on this podcast a lot is if you know your team – you can remain objective, then you should know when to bet on them and when to bet against them. And while there is a coaching change in Washington, uh, I would be inclined to look that way. It's also Ron Rivera, and that's another thing. Like I feel like we're going to talk a lot about, and rightfully so with Carolina, Matt Rule has never coached an NFL game before as a head coach. So uh, if, if it's an inexperienced coach, I think the COVID stuff really matters, and you want to try and capitalize on that. But Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, some of those experienced coaches that are getting their first go-arounds with their current teams, I'm less inclined to factor in the COVID stuff because I just expect the Ron Rivera football team to be ready to go. And then, as I said with the Eagles, it's a team that I follow closely, and they have all sorts of problems right now on their offensive line. Brandon Brooks, their right guard, is not going to be back maybe at all, but definitely not early in the season. Uh, his season very much in jeopardy. They just lost Andre Dillard, their left tackle, who was a first-round pick back in 2019. Uh, and they had to bring back Jason Peters, who looked like he was ready for retirement, uh, to come back and play left tackle. Uh, Lane Johnson might not play in this game, their right tackle. And that could be very problematic for the Eagles against this Washington defensive line that not only just drafted Chase Young number two overall, but spent a first-round pick on Montez Sweat. Ryan Kerrigan's a very good player. They spent another first-round pick recently on Jonathan Allen. Uh, bad matchup for the Eagles in the trenches offensively. Jalen Rager, the Eagles' first-round pick, probably not going to play in this game. Alshon Jeffrey, probably not going to play in this game. Receivers were a problem for the Eagles last year. Like The offense just doesn't get me excited at all. Uh, so if Dwayne Haskins can just protect the football and not turn it over, I think Washington probably covers the number, but um, it's still a pass for me. I know you like the Washington side, though. I do. I, I took uh, I took Washington plus six. I also – I think they could be a live dog here. Like you said, Brooks and Dillard both out, which is going to move – Jason Peters back to left tackle. I don't. I don't know if he's prepared for that right now with the short off season and, like you said, on the brink of retirement. I thought he was retired until maybe right. a month ago. They brought him back out of necessity. Um, Lane Johnson questionable. That's their anchor. Yeah, I, just, I think I think Washington could be here uh, a live dog with their front seven. It's really really strong. I think the front seven could limit Miles Sanders, who I think is the Eagles' best offensive weapon outside of the tight ends. So I'm just I'm my biggest worry is Kendall Fuller on Washington is questionable and that's their best corner. Yeah, but at the same time I don't think it's enough to like again, I agree with you on Washington because like the Eagles don't have the receivers to really exploit that, I don't think. That's a good point. So even if the secondary is a little limited, I I think the pass rush could get there. Wentz maybe was a little gimpy in camp. Yeah, I just I just couldn't I couldn't take Philly here. I I definitely want the the live dog. I, I sprinkled a little on the money line. I could see a week one upset. I also think Washington might be the biggest benefit of no fans because it won't be seventy <laughs> percent Eagles, Eagles fans there. Right. It'll be it'll be no one instead of majority right. Eagles. 
Yeah, good point for sure. So Washington plus the six, an official play for Alex in addition to the Raiders minus the three. I'll get to my first official pick here in this next game. Did get the best of a number, but I would still play it at the current number. It's the Chicago Bears visiting the Detroit Lions, and uh, I'm going to take Detroit 4-6-6 in the rotation. Total 43 in this game, but I really like the Lions' side. I got this at one and a half when the schedule came out. Uh, Alex and I both uh, pretty bullish on the Lions this year. I think that they are certainly, when you look, Anytime you're looking for teams to kind of turn around and go from, say, three or four wins to 10 or 11 and be in the playoff mix, you're always looking for those close games that they lost that just went and didn't go their way or a big injury maybe. In this case, the Lions had both. They lost a bunch of close games last year, and Matthew Stafford, their quarterback, got hurt around the halfway point of the season. Uh, And so the season kind of spiraled out of control. Matt Patricia's in his third year. He really needs to start winning games. And... Uh, so I think that this is a great spot for the Lions to get off on the right foot. The Bears announced Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback. I didn't get that at all. Like, you bring in Foles, so you didn't bring him in, I didn't think, to sit him on the bench. And he had a background with Matt Nagy from their time together in Kansas City. So it just was very weird to see them go with Mitch. Uh, so And quite honestly, like I think I just from a raw talent standpoint, I think I might rather be playing Foles at this point. Like At least we've seen Foles at different times in his career look really good. And yes, Mitch has had the one season where he looked really good. But gosh, I don't know. I'm getting the better quarterback here uh, and the better offensive weapons here with Detroit. Uh, and I'm just going to have to lay a field goal. As I said, I got it at one and a half. But I would play it at the current number of three. I think Detroit really makes a statement here uh, that they're ready to – kind of put 2019 to bed once and for all. Uh, I think the Lions probably win this game by at least a touchdown, so I like the Detroit side. Yeah, I know we uh, we both like Detroit in the division. We both took that. Um, I would definitely lean the Lions here. I just I can't trust, trust uh, Trubisky in this spot. Yeah, no, it's really as simple as that. I just – don't know that uh, Chicago is going to be able to get enough points on the board against the Lions offense that I expect to be pretty dynamic with Matthew Stafford in there, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, second year for TJ Hawkinson. They should finally be able to support him with a running game with DeAndre Swift drafted in the second round, a healthy carry on Johnson, they hope, and they just signed Adrian Peterson. One other thing on this game and why I do like the Lions even more, the Bears are 5-16 and 16 against the spread in their last 21 first quarters on the road think there's something to this we know that they're not a dynamic offense and if they get behind they're probably not going to come back so if that trend holds and Detroit is ahead after one quarter I'd expect them to stay in the lead so uh, as I said I like the Lions Uh, let's wrap things up before we get to our break with one other one o'clock eastern start and that is the Indianapolis Colts traveling down south to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars Indianapolis, a steep nine and a half point favorite. That's the largest spread on the board over at Bet Online. Total of forty five in this game, and uh, you know uh, this is another team that had a change at quarterback, uh, bringing in the veteran Philip Rivers, and you know we talked about Jason Peters at left tackle on the precipice of retirement. I certainly felt that that was the case for Rivers, and I, I don't I don't get him trying to. Uh, extend his career anymore like it just to me like I thought it was over for him 
at times last year, he just looked lost with the Chargers. So I'm certainly going to be looking to fade Phillip Rivers in this spot. This is an official play for me on the Jags, plus the big number, plus nine and a half. Um, Double-digit underdogs, I know that this is nine and a half, but double-digit underdogs, 16 and seven against the spread in week one. I think there's something to that as well uh, because – Week one, there's just too much unknown to really feel good about laying that kind of a number with anybody, much less the Colts, who, as I said, change at quarterback, and I just don't think Phillip Rivers is that good anymore. So uh, conversely, you have a Jags team that I think might be looking to do a little bit of narrative busting itself, right? Like, they, they just caught Leonard Fournette, and there's this whole narrative around the Jags that they're going to be horrible, and Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes have already gotten underway. That all might be true, right? Like, I'm not trying to say that they're not going to pick number one. They're obviously not a good team. But I think the players on that roster hear that, and I'm expecting them to come out and play with something to prove against a team that uh, is certainly not worth laying this kind of a number. So I really like uh, the Jags plus the 9.5, and and I also like the game under the total of uh, 45 because if I don't think that Indianapolis can put up enough points – and, you know, it's it's a uh, low, you know, not a super high total with a big spread. If I'm thinking that this is going to be something like 17-13 or whatever, and it's going to be kind of an ugly game, i got to like the under, too. I think this is one of those where if you like the underdog in a big spread type game, you probably have to look at the under as well if you don't think there's going to be that many points in the first place. That's kind of where I'm going here. Jacksonville and the under for me in this AFC South affair. Yeah, I completely agree. I I lean uh, both those plays. I I can't officially play either. I think Indy's going to ultimately win the game. I think that might actually be my survivor pick of the week. I just don't see the Jaguars coming out and winning. But at the end of the day, these are all professional football players being paid money to play. I think these guys are going to have a chip. They're hearing all the talk how they're selling their team and tanking. But at the end of the day, these guys do want to win. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I I don't know how well Philip Rivers is going to do in this in this new system, but ultimately I think Indy will win the game. I do like the under. I think you've talked me into it. I think I'll probably end up adding that as well. Yeah, as I said, I I mean Jacksonville like we don't really expect them to have a serious run game without Fournette and uh Indy with Rivers making his first start, I just don't see the crispness that you might see later in the season from him. So um, I definitely, and, and, you know, one other, not just Fournette, but obviously Yannick Ngonkwe just got traded from Jacksonville. So there's another player that has been shipped out. Uh, so I think this is one of those ugly games. Might not want to watch it, but that doesn't mean you can't bet on it. I like the Jags plus the points and the Indian, I'm sorry, the game to go under the total of 45 in this one in the AFC South. Excuse me. Let's take a break. We'll come back uh, and get to the rest of the slate. Uh, But right now, it's time to check in with our sponsor. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone, DirecTV, Fantasy Zone channels are included so you can never miss your favorite teams and your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. 
you've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. And many of your local favorites are still open for delivery as well. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's the code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And we are back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. Joined, as always, uh, well, I shouldn't say as always, because actually this is his first time on the pod with us, uh, Alex Uplinger, our producer. You can find him managing our Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. Alex, how you feeling? Debut with me. You got your feet wet? You, you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm having a great time. I'm just very excited for some actual NFL football, some <laughs> some football I'd follow instead of Middle Tennessee getting run out by Army. Oh God, yeah, that, I was on the wrong side of that one too. Did you miss <laughs> the uh, Did you miss the preseason or, or not really? <laughs> uh not, I did a little, not really to be honest, just yeah. a little. Yeah, just just a little bit. I mean, we did have some other sports that meant a little bit more to watch anyway. But let's keep things moving and get to the rest of the games. We do have one more 1 o'clock Eastern game to get to, and that is a great rivalry in the NFC North. The Green Bay Packers visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Green Bay is a a 2.5-point dog in this game, total of 45. I like the side and the total in this game as well. Uh, And I'm going to look to Minnesota here, uh, laying the short number. Uh, I actually... Shame on me. Laid a bad number here of three and a half. This has gone through the key number and now bet online. Um, our sponsor is laying this at two and a half with Minnesota. Uh, so obviously I would like it at the current number as well. Uh, basically, I, I love, uh, I mentioned it in with the Miami-New England game where you have a little bit of a revenge spot for New England having lost the last regular season game to Miami. Well, Minnesota, remember, was right in the thick of things not only just for the NFC North, but to maybe get a bye in the playoffs last year. And Green Bay went into Minneapolis and beat the Vikings on Monday Night Football to complete a regular season sweep of Minnesota. And obviously Green Bay ended up getting that number two seed, and Minnesota had to be a wild card. Granted, the Vikings did go to New Orleans and win the game. But I do think that uh, those two losses to Green Bay are on their minds, for sure, for the Vikings that were there. And they obviously went out, and uh, Daniel Hunter, by the way, is not going to play in this game, the defensive end for Minnesota, but uh, Yannick Ngakwe, the defensive tackle, or I'm sorry, the defensive end who they just created for, will make his Vikings debut. And I think that uh, you're going to see Yannick Ngakwe especially 
really get after Aaron Rodgers. This has generally been a spot for Aaron Rodgers that he does not play great in at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Vikings. Um, and so uh, while there is a lot of turnover for the Vikings on defense, their secondary is a lot different. Uh, I'm expecting their defense to show up. And then conversely, we mentioned it with Minnesota's offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, bolting to take the Cleveland head coaching job. But the head coach, the, I'm sorry, the offensive coordinator there uh, is, is Gary Kubiak, who was on the staff last year. And so I think that Minnesota offensively is going to look uh, very similar to, way, to the way they did last year. And obviously last year we know that they were a very run-heavy team, and that was with Stephon Diggs. So you trade Stephon Diggs to Buffalo, and granted they draft Justin Jefferson in the first round, but he's not somebody that I would expect to have a – you know, pivotal role in week one. So I, I think this is a lot of Dalvin Cook, and, and I think this is Minnesota playing with the lead most of the way, double revenge spot for the Vikings having lost the two games to Green Bay last year. I, I think it's something like 24 to 14 Minnesota, let's call it. So I like the Vikings, and I like it under. Uh, nothing official for me, but I do lean both of those. Um, Green Bay is actually my favorite Favorite win total under under nine wins. I think they just didn't yeah, do anything well. anything to help out Rodgers with that draft. I just I couldn't understand it. Um, yeah, their first two picks they took Jordan Love and then a backup running back AJ Dillon to Aaron yeah. Jones who had a good year last year. Which I I like the picks for for future Packers. I just don't think that I mean right. obviously neither are going to help Rodgers this year. Um, my so biggest you'd have concern to think this is his last year in Green Bay, right? The way it's trending, it, it feels like that a newish coach, and then they're they're already setting up for the future without him. Right. My one concern is is the no fans again. I think I think Minnesota in the dome they would thrive off that. I feel team, like yeah. this on a on a neutral would be closer to a pick'em. So that that three three and a half that kind of worries me a bit. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. And in a division rivalry game. You would kind of factor in the no fans a little bit more, but I still like Minnesota laying the short number at home and the under. Let's move to the late window where we have three late afternoon kickoffs to get to. We're going to start in Cincinnati where we have Joe Burrow making his NFL debut against the L.A. Chargers. The Bengals are a three-point underdog at home, total of 42 at Bet Online. Um and I'll start. I like this game under as well, under 42. And we have a pair of new quarterbacks in this game. Not only Burrow for Cincinnati, but Tyrod Taylor for Los Angeles makes his first start with the Chargers. And and so that right there makes me think definitely for Burrow. And I know Tyrod Taylor and, and Anthony Lynn have a history together. Lynn was on the staff in Buffalo when Tyrod was starting. But I'd have to think the Chargers, too, take a more conservative approach. No preseason games for either one of these quarterbacks. Uh, and Burrow, obviously, it's his first start in the NFL, so you would think that they're going to want to try and protect him. They do have some good weapons there in Cincinnati for Burrow to throw to, but one of those weapons happens to be their running back, Joe Mixon. So I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Mixon. Uh, and I'm not sure how often a running back from the fourth round in this past draft is going to be involved, but... Uh, the Chargers did spend a fourth rounder on Josh Kelly, so I don't think they're going to completely abandon the run, even without Melvin Gordon there. So I just something tells me that this is going to be uh, a pretty run-heavy game, and both quarterbacks is going to be whoever makes the fewest mistakes. 
I don't really have a whole lot on the side here, but I, I think that both teams take a more conservative game plan uh, going into this one, so that makes me like the under. Yeah, if I was to play one play in this game, it would also be the under. Uh, a little worried about Derwin James. I think that's the anchor of the entire defense, but also rookie quarterback versus a uh, pretty serviceable quarterback. Uh, I do I do lean the under as well. Yeah, and I thought you said you had a lean on Cincinnati. You've kind of gone away from that, though? If I had to, I, I probably would take the points. I think it might be three, three and a half. I think I would take the points with the Bengals just because the, the no fans aspect. I think this kind of feels like maybe like a scrimmage of Burrow, which could be a lot more comfortable than a normal regular season game, especially for your first start in the NFL. might feel right. a little more comfortable. So, uh, uh, like for me on the under, that's going to be an official play. Alex uh, leaning that way as well and uh, with a slight lean to Cincinnati. Uh, let's go out west uh, where we're going to go to the defending NFC champions opening up at home. That's the San Francisco 49ers uh, laying a touchdown in a divisional game against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, this is a game that I actually did get the better of the number in. Best of the number, I should say. I like the away underdog, and that's Arizona. Uh, I took them at 7.5. Uh, they are down to 7. Total, by the way, is 48 in this game, but I'm looking at the Arizona side. Uh, a couple things that I'm looking at here. First off, been a great system play the last 20 years. Fade the Super Bowl loser week one. The hangover seems to be a thing. Four in 16 against the spread are those Super Bowl losers in week one. Granted, one of those covers was last year. Uh, I know from experience I lost on the Rams. They won against the Panthers last year in week one. But I'm going right back to the well here with the Super Bowl loser fade in week one. Uh, and a couple things that I really think are, are, are interesting in this game. First off, these two teams played two really competitive games last year. If you remember, uh, the one of the more infamous bad beats of the season came last year between Arizona and San Francisco, a late scoop and score. I think on the last play of regulation. Alex, you remember this game? I do. I, I think we could call it the worst beat of the season. It was yeah, the... It, uh, the laterals around, and then exactly. San Francisco lay on in the end zone to cover with the touchdown. Right. So, obviously, Arizona was really in that game the whole way. And then there was a Thursday night game in the desert down in Phoenix that was really close as well. Um, so that game, I'm fairly certain Arizona did get the cover. And point being, Arizona really proved over the course of two games last year to be San Francisco's equal. And now you bring in DeAndre Hopkins to that offense. And, you know, we talked about Debo Samuel before we hopped on here. And if he's going to play, that's one thing that does make me a little skeptical of San Francisco, not just in this game, but season long. I know they drafted Brandon Ayuk in the first round, and maybe he's going to be an impact player for them as a rookie. But are they going to be able to win with the same formula as last year, where Jimmy Garoppolo only has to throw the ball 20, 25 times? They're very run-heavy and the defense is elite. Maybe that'll happen again, and, and they did lose DeForest Buckner. They take Javon Kinlaw with another one of their first-round picks, the defensive tackle out of South Carolina. So maybe it's all just going to be that easy. I'm inclined to think that that won't be the case. And again, as I said, when you had that very San Francisco team that had DeForest Buckner and was able to win with that game script kind of going the same way with Garoppolo not needing to do much, 
all that was working in their favor last year, and Arizona was right with them all the way to the finish of both of the games they played. And then you add in Hopkins on that Arizona offense. Uh, I happen to think that, you know, the number really hasn't adjusted here. We're still seeing, like, a touchdown or more for Arizona. So I would grab that key number of seven uh, before this maybe gets down even more. Uh, And we're in agreement here on Arizona. But, Alex, I'll let you add to that as well. Yeah, I'm also also taking the plus seven. Maybe we should make this a max consensus. I think think, – San Francisco's a little banged up in the secondary as well. Jason Verrett, the new guy from San Diego, he's questionable. Is Debo Samuel going to play? That's obviously their best weapon outside of Kittle. I'm just not sold on Garoppolo. I really like Arizona's offense this year. I love Christian Kirk. Larry Fitzgerald's a staple. He's never, he's not going anywhere. Murray, can he step up to be in that great form? My biggest worry is the the Cardinals' uh, offensive line versus that defensive line. Kinlaw and Bosa both looking like monsters, but it was pretty similar last year with Buckner and uh, Bosa, and they still seem to keep it close every time. I think uh, I think San Francisco might fall off a little this year. I would I would probably hey, I Seattle ask you in the long. What do you division. think of the 49ers? Yeah, I I, I kind of like Seattle in that division overall. Love to hear that as I'm back on Seattle. I think I got them at plus 280 to win that division. Yeah, uh, I love, but that. love that number. Certainly uh, makes me a little apprehensive of uh, San Francisco. At plus 275 I got. But as I said, I just I just don't know that it's just cut and dry for San Fran. It's just running it back and, and being just as good. Nobody's doubting the offensive acumen as Kyle, Kyle Shanahan and his, his genius, but uh, we'll see. In, in that division, uh, good luck just trying to do the same thing and win 12, 13 games again. I, I have a hard time thinking that's going to happen. So uh, we're in agreement here. Consensus play on the road underdog Arizona Cardinals plus the touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers. Let's go down to the Big Easy for the final 4 o'clock, uh, 4.30 start time, I should say, Eastern time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 3.5-point favorite visiting the – I'm sorry, 3.5-point underdog visiting the New Orleans Saints, 4-5, I'm sorry, 4-7-5, 4-7-6 in the rotation. Total of 48 in this game. And, Alex, obviously uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been, there's been a lot of hype around them, and we'll see if it's warranted. I know we're kind of on opposite sides there, but uh, you actually like New Orleans here. I do. I, I like the Saints to win and cover. I think I got, I think it was 3.5 that I got. Three and a half. Yeah, that's what's yep. that now. Yeah, I would I would play that. Um, still, I think they're coming back. I'm also doing the new quarterback. I I just can't imagine installing a new offense, despite how smart Tom Brady is. I feel like we saw him fall off a little last year, um, despite all these great offensive weapons. By the way, Mike Evans questionable. Uh, don't believe he practiced today as we record this on Wednesday. So. Okay, that is a that's a huge factor for sure. Um, Kamara back, hungry, looking for a contract extension, trying to get more money than Taysom Hill. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to show why they're the the class of the division. Yeah, I I would probably lean there, but it's a pretty slight lean. Uh, maybe there's nothing to this, but for whatever reason, the Saints have been really bad against the spread early in the season. 
their last 17 games, weeks one and two, they're two and 15 against the spread. And it's, it's funny because we talk about this very team that they're playing in the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember a couple years ago, I think New Orleans was the biggest favorite on the board in that week one. And uh, Fitzmagic went into the big easy, uh, the Superdome and beat him outright. So, I'm not saying. Yeah, like, do, you, do you think that's a is that a coaching thing? What what yeah, could that, that be? That's you're, kind of like you're one of the I best teams thought, in the NFC like, and you come maybe out. Maybe like it's just like the Saints like kind of like peak later on in the year and and they kind of like early on just. But it's weird because they have a veteran quarterback and a veteran coach, yet they're not ready to play regularly. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm pretty stood you know feet are dug in against Tampa this year I just I don't see it like I get the weapons but what good is it if, if Brady can't throw the ball downfield and that's kind of in the camp that I'm in uh so I I would kind of lean here this is a game that like as much as we love and we we're a gambling podcast and as much as we love to have action I think this is a game that I'm excited just to sit back and watch and really get a feel and, and I don't know like is the Camaro stuff like did that play with their heads a little bit there in New Orleans? Because even like last week, there was all this stuff about him wanting to get traded, and it was weird. So there's nothing really for me here, and, and I'm just probably yeah. going to sit back and watch this one. Uh, though at the same time, maybe I'll be paying closer attention to our Arizona-San Francisco game. Uh, yeah, I but, think the I think the biggest aspect, uh, what you brought up, is Brady's more of like a 10-yard pass guy. I think Mike Evans and Godwin, they both lend to more deep threats. Um, but I do, all the weapons are definitely there. If, if anyone can do it, it's, it's Tom Brady. I just don't like the new system. He's coming in, running a whole new offense, lean into Arians. I just don't know. I got to go with, uh, the veteran quarterback, better quarterback, better coach at home. Yeah, I go so with let's, that. let's move on to the primetime games now. Sunday Night Football, they open the new stadium out in Los Angeles, and it is the L.A. Rams, a three-point underdog, actually. Dallas getting a lot of respect here. Three-point favorite on the road are the Cowboys. A total of 51.5 here, and I don't have a play on this game, but I did find this interesting. Again, from that same article I read on com. Uh the Cowboys, their last 40 road games, going back to September 20th, 2015, are 27 and 13 to the under. So obviously that goes all the way back to before Dak Prescott was the quarterback there. And of course they, and so like, I was trying to like come up with a reason for that and like why this is happening. Uh, and the closest thing I got to it was, of course, in the same draft that they took Dak Prescott much earlier. They drafted Ezekiel Elliott. So were they just a more run based team on the road anyway with Zeke? And, and then also, you know, you think back to how far back that goes. And you look at their weapons now, it's Amari Cooper, it's Michael Gallup, and now it's C.D. Lamb. So none of those guys were there in 15, 16, and 17. Um, you know, so maybe that's not something to, like, look at for a play. I just thought, I mean, 27 out of 40 unders is, is still it's not an insignificant sample. But uh, I don't really have a whole lot here. This is another game that I'm interested more just to sit back and watch. Uh, maybe lean to the Rams getting the field goal at home with the 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 team that doesn't have the coaching change. Uh, but at the same time, as I mentioned with Washington, if your coach that's coming in has been around the block and coached in the NFL before, like Mike McCarthy has, I'm not sure it matters as much. Uh, and I would expect Dallas to still be ready to play. And 
I don't know about you, Alex, but like I was one of those people that did kind of think that most of Dallas's problems last year were due to Jason Garrett, and now he's not there. So it's also <laughs> another it's also another one where I'm just gonna sit back and watch. How about you? Yeah, I'm gonna also just pass and watch. I really like Dallas on the season. I think McCarthy is a significant upgrade over hey. Garrett. That could be. It could be a couple games. So, I'm curious. Games. I was having this conversation with a few other friends. Like, is that like, are they like Super Bowl contenders now, or are they like a nice 10 to 11 win team that wins a not so good division? I think they, I think they could be a, yeah, a 10 win team that definitely wins the East. But you know, is Dak proven in the playoffs? I don't, I don't know if they can do it. I do love their offense. I think they have a lot of weapons. I think. That's a really good-looking team, but, again, can Dak do it in the playoffs? Right. Yeah, I mean, he's got that one playoff win against Seattle, but uh, then, obviously, a week later, didn't look so hot against the Rams. Uh, So nothing for you here, then? No, I'm going to ultimately pass and watch as well. Let's wrap up with the Monday Night Football doubleheader. Uh, I always love the Week 1 Monday Night doubleheader, and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, Alex's Steelers, Visiting the New York Giants, uh, this is out to six. The Steelers are laying on the road, total of 46. And, uh, you know, this was one I looked at right away and just said, lock me in for the road chalk with the Steelers because you knew about the coaching mismatch then. And it sounds like there's been enough support to kind of move things forward uh, with a lot of Pittsburgh money to get it to the point where this number has moved almost a full field goal. I laid three and a half with Pittsburgh. I would still play it out to six that it's at now on bet online. But my gosh, you have Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers going against Joe judge in his first ever, you know, game as a head coach coming from the Belichick tree, special teams coach in new England. We know the Belichick tree has not produced a ton of great head coaches. And now he's going to go up against Mike Tomlin and a Pittsburgh team that's getting Ben Roethlisberger back. Uh, no, thank you. I, I love the Pittsburgh side here, uh, and I, I know I, I think that this is a big statement here for Pittsburgh that uh, you know Ben still got it. Uh, I'm drafting a lot of juju and fantasy too. Uh, I think James Connor is another guy that is a, is a great pick where he's going in fantasy drafts. I'm all in on the Steelers this year. Uh, I bet them over their win total. I took them to win the AFC North. Uh, it's for a lot of the reasons that I liked them last year, and Ben just got hurt, so I'll give them another whirl. Uh, and then, obviously, as I said, the Giants' new coach. Um, I still don't really like the weapons. Uh, second year for Daniel Jones is a pretty big one. Uh, and, and then on defense, they don't—they just signed Logan Ryan, but they don't really have much of a secondary to speak of. So I know I like the over in this game as well, and that's going to be a play for me uh, with the current number at 40. I'm sorry, at uh, 46. Uh, so. Uh, we talked about maybe just looking to the Steelers team total because we thought maybe the Giants secondary would just be that exploitable angle. Uh, but I do think Danny Dimes will sling it around enough to put up some points himself in garbage time. But I think the Steelers are going to win this game by double digits. I don't expect it to be that close. Yeah, I love the Steelers here. I, I also got 3.5. I think I would bet it up to 7. I, I also I dipped back in and got it at minus 6. I think the Steelers just have a lot to prove. Ben Roethlisberger back, looking as healthy as ever, fitter than he ever was at Miami of Ohio. Not coming <laughs> in, not coming in bloated. Like it's funny, it's five Jager months ago, he looks like a caveman. <laughs> He's looking fit. He also has a new elbow. He's gonna come out here slinging it. 
I love the offense. The defense was the huge spot last year. They're winning games with Duck Hodges behind center, still right. competing with Baltimore with absolutely no quarterback. Yeah, I just I just can't trust a Joe Judge led offense right now. That yeah. I would and definitely... Speaking of Jason Garrett, this is where he's at now. And, oh, exactly. To complete the trifecta, <laughs> do you happen to know who the tight ends coach they hired is in in New York? Ah, oh, I can't think of it. I love the <laughs> so not yeah, a lot of coaches Garrett. Oh god. <laughs> so the Steelers are a consensus play and again I laid three and a half. Alex got in there as well, but I would play it at the current number. Uh I, I hate to uh just for a prime time game expect one way traffic, but it's kinda how I see this one going. Um let's wrap things up with the last game on the rotation, and that is in the mile high city, the Tennessee Titans Visiting the Denver Broncos, uh, we have Tennessee, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, total of 40-and-a-half on our sponsored book, Bet Online. And obvious trend here that I think is well-documented, it goes back 50 years, the Broncos are 75-22-2 straight up in home games in, Dece- in, I'm sorry, in September since 1970. So again, that's 75-22-2 in September home games for the Broncos since 1970. Obviously, the altitude has been a huge issue for visiting teams to adjust to early in the season. Uh, and you have a Tennessee team that played in the AFC Championship and lost to Kansas City. They got the contract done with Derrick Henry. Uh, I actually kind of like both these teams season long. I bet the Broncos over their season win number, and I bet Tennessee at plus 170 to win the AFC South, uh, and I, I'm kind of in on Denver, like Drew Locke, having all these weapons with Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler from the draft. They signed Melvin Gordon. I think it's going to be a fun offense to watch, but again, first game with all those guys in place, um, and then as I said, I just I don't want to take a road team in Denver in September. Uh, you've just been asking to lose money if you do that, so uh, I'm going to pass this game. Uh, but I think it should be I'm, I'm much more interested in this game than the Pittsburgh Giants game from a fans' export. Obviously, from a gambling standpoint, I expect to cash my tickets there in the first game. But uh, I just think there's more intrigue in Tennessee at Denver. How do you see this second game, Alex? Yeah, no official play for me, but. Obviously, ten twenty Eastern start. I'm gonna have to have some sort of action. You gonna make I, it? I I think I have to go Denver. Um, that stat was jarring. The the altitude I think is gonna heavily slow down Titans run run game. And, and, and I, I will say one other thing. Like I mentioned, Melvin Gordon joining their offense. Like if you don't think that's a real thing, he admitted to it in August because I drafted him in a fantasy league. He said, like, I'm having a hard time adjusting. And so imagine and, – and that's somebody that's been there now for the whole month in camp. Like, imagine these visiting teams, and we talk about travel plans. Like, I don't know I don't know what the Titans are doing. So it definitely seems to be a real thing. Yeah, very much so. And then also the one-two punch with Lindsey, who had a very sneaky 1,000-yard season. Right. I think that's a great one-two punch. I think they're going to they're gonna run it down their throat with the altitude. I would definitely lean Denver. Our biggest concern is Locke, and can he step up with all these weapons? I, I think he can. He looked pretty good. One other thing for Denver, too, they bring in from the Tennessee Titans, Jarrell Casey, on the defensive line, 
so we all know about Derrick Henry and what he did in the playoffs, but you have to think Casey plays a big role here in, in trying to contain uh, Derrick Henry and A.J. Boye uh, is there in Denver now in the secondary, um, having just joined uh, from another Jacksonville Jaguar departure uh, there. So I, I definitely am in on Denver. If you wanted to look at them, I think you can get them at – like better than two to one to make the playoffs. I would not fault anybody for doing that. I like them over their win total. And obviously if I like them over seven and a half wins, I have to think they're at least in contention for a playoff berth with these expanded playoffs. Alex, any final words? Uh, Vaughn Miller, rest up. That's right. Yeah, he'll be out for the season. That's a tough scene. But yeah, I'm just, I'm very excited for a full slate of NFL football. No pun intended. <laughs> So that'll do it. We'll just uh, to recap again. If you want to get our official picks, uh, we'll help you listen to the last hour. But uh, Alex likes the Raiders and the Redskins uh, and the Saints. We are both on the Arizona Cardinals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I also like the Vikings, Jaguars, and Lions uh, and the unders in the Jags, Colts, Vikings, Packers, and Chargers, Bengals game. I'll go over the total in Pittsburgh and. New York in Monday Night Football as well. Alex, a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll do it again. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks. It's been great. You bet. Let's wrap things up and check in with our sponsor, Bet Online. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more wagers, more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, you're online sportsbook experts that will wrap things up for us here on full slate a blue wire gambling podcast my name is greg frank again follow me on gambling twitter at undercover greg and everyone of course please play responsibly